0: Happy Tuesday to you. Today on the Locked on Blue Jay podcast, trade deadline day, plus Jin Ryu returns today, and it's Trivia Tuesday. We're packed, so let's get into it. You are Locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends, Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. Been locked on Toronto Blue Jay Baseball since I can remember. Big time Blue Jay fan. I-, I hope you would agree. Knowledgeable Blue Jay fan. Certainly a passionate Blue Jay fan. Toronto Blue Jay Baseball is a big deal for me. It's a big deal for my family. So I certainly thank you and appreciate that you're spending part of your day talking Blue Jay Baseball with me. The Locked On Blue Jay Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to remind you, of course, all the Blue Jay action this season available for you to take in on Sirius XM. And if you're taking in today's episode on the Locked On Blue Jay YouTube page, hello and thank you for that. Please hit that subscribe if you haven't already. And to the everydayers making the Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, just seeing great growth on the podcast side. Can't thank you enough for that. I know a lot of you are helping expand, helping the Locked on Blue Jay podcast grow. You're putting it in the hands of your family, your friends, your coworkers that you know are Blue Jay fans. Uh, I always joke, you know, your Uber driver's a, a Blue Jay family. You name it, right? Help spread the word to, about the Locked on Blue Jay podcast. And you're doing that, and that is much appreciated. first segment today, let's get set for the return of Hyunjin Ryu. Second segment, let's talk trade deadline and then Trivia Tuesday. And for Trivia Tuesday, St. Louis and Toronto, hey, these two have gotten together a couple times, right, over the last little while. So some of the questions are about other trades between those two teams. Plus, with the Orioles in town, we'll have some Jays Orioles trivia as well. June 1st. 2022 shout out to my mom that is her birthday june 1st so definitely let's start there anytime i see that date of course i'm thinking of my mom but the june 1st 2022 that is the last time that the toronto blue jays saw hyunjin ryu on the mound for them makes his return now it's 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 been a long and winding road yes his return isn't out of nowhere like like what i mean is uh, he's had some measured uh, some measured progress some measured moments and uh, some measured recoveries he's come back up through actually three different levels uh, at the minors uh, to be to end up now back on the big league level all told 18 innings pitched over those three levels the three levels were rookie ball a ball and then the last couple starts he made at triple a in those 18 innings, four runs allowed, 13 hits, but 16 walks and just one strikeout. No. I mean, as, as we said there, some of that was against rookie ball, some of that's against A ball. Even the triple A. I mean, it's not indicative necessarily of big league hitters, right? But the, so, so some of those stats, the, you know, 13 hits, only four runs in the 18 innings. Some of that will take with a grain of salt, but certainly pounding the strike zone and and being an effective strike thrower. I mean that plays on any level, including the big league level. So that part is very encouraging to see, to have seen from Hyunjin Ryu. The uh, the entire time that we've seen Hyunjin Ryu as a Toronto Blue Jay, I think we would have to. Openly admit here for having an open, open and honest conversation that we have seen him regress. We have seen him trend downwards. Now he's an impending free agent. I really thought that Hunjin Ryu was done with the Toronto Blue Jays. That it, it does remain to be seen, of course, you know how he can contribute to the rest for the 2023 Blue Jays the rest of the season. I don't think there's any scenario where uh, he's a, a Toronto Blue Jay after this season. His uh, impending free agent. I don't think there's any way the Toronto Blue Jays worry up with him. All due respect to Hyunjin Ryu. And by the way even if he he comes back right now and can't contribute to the 2023 Blue Jays. So he really is done with the Blue Jays. Even if that was the case, Hyunjin Ryu played an important part in in the Shapiro and Atkins era. They were the first, he he was their first, you know, big name, big game hunting, big, big fish that they reeled in. And you remember Scott Boris really, for one, uh, you know, one of the major agents there for for one, he really uh, changed his tune on the Toronto Blue Jays and management, in particular Shapiro and Atkins on management at that time. Because he said, you know, that's a real indicator that they are willing, and in particular, Rogers is willing to spend some money to bring in quality players to be willing to and wanting to compete in this extremely competitive American League East. So Hyunjin Ryu is always going to be a positive, in my opinion anyway, in Toronto Blue Jay lore. Now, when I say we've seen him regress over the, you know, as a Blue Jay, really, I'm talking about him against right-handed batters. And really, take your mind's eye back to the last time we saw Ryu Where was he really completely ineffective? And it led to all his problems, in my opinion anyway, it led to his problems. He was just completely ineffective on the inside part of the plate to right-handed batters. Could not hit his spots there. Many times he would have the batters set up to pound that fastball. And, you know, that fastball... It's barely 90 miles per hour. So for Ryu, he has to be deceiving with you. He has to be mixing his pitches and mixing his spots. When he would, uh, when he, you know, veteran, he's noticing that right-handed batter is picking up stuff and looking for stuff outside. He'll jam that fastball, pinpoint, practically walk it up and place it on the inside corner. It's so pinpoint. That's when he's at his best for that inside strike, that inside effectiveness to righties. It has not been there, at least the, the as the last time we saw him. It, that part of his game was really regressing. You look at 2020, Hyunjin Ryu. I mean, that's a shortened season, right? That's the COVID shortened season. But right, he hit just 238 versus Ryu, had five home runs versus Ryu in 2020. Again, I know it was a shortened season for the five home runs. But even the next season, 2021, righties had 22 home runs against him. That's a big number. And they hit 259. So righties were starting to hit him in 2021. And then last season, just before the injury and he went out, I mean, my goodness, righties were at 308 and he had allowed five home runs. He only made six starts. He got hurt in that sixth start. That June 1st start was his sixth start. So he'd only made five starts. He'd already given up five home runs just to righties alone last season. Again, they're hitting over 308, they're hitting over 300 against him. He's completely, completely ineffective on the inside corner of the plate to the righties. Now, what's the cause for optimism? I don't know if you had a chance to see him in the minors. And again, we're going to preface it that we get it was against minor league batters. But the point being, we wanted to see that, that control. We wanted to see him back being effective on the inside part of the plate to righties. And he was, that's actually, I mean, literally my cause for optimism if he can if he can do that on the big league level i mean you know you're going to see home runs from hyunjin ryu he it in his best times with the blue jays he's a, a home run per per start pitcher he averages a, a little over actually in his time as a blue jay a little over one home run per start and in those minor league games by the way it, he had he pitched uh, 11 innings total at triple a so there's your best indicator you know almost practically major league hitters pitched 11 innings in trip, again in triple a gave up three home runs so let's understand. We're going to see balls leave the ballpark from Hyunjin Ryu. The key is going to be very similar to what we talked about with Jose Barrios, very similar to what we talked about with Yusei Kakuchi. How is his control and his command and his strategy, the way he's been able to set up and then effectively uh, uh, execute his pitches on the previous batters? Because if that home run is a solo home run, not going to be the end of the day, not going to be the end of the day at all. If it's a two run home run, Ooh, can't like that. But it's when he gets into those three runs you know, they can't like the two or the three run home runs. That's when we're going to get himself into trouble. So we'll watch that closely tonight. I mean, I'm absolutely, absolutely saying Baltimore will get at least home run one home run tonight. That might even get two. If they're solo shots, boy, I just think that I feel like the blue Jays can weather that storm, but something very important to to keep an eye on tonight. Overall, I'm excited about having Hyunjin Ryu back. That surprises me. As I say, As will know. I've thought this season that he was done as a Toronto Blue Jay, but, and it's not just having him back. That's not the cause for optimism. Again, it's specifically what we've seen from Ryu. What what was he, what was just killing him prior to him being out that inside corner to righties? Well, it looks like that he might be back doing really well with that. And And you know what he even said, I even saw him maybe, maybe a week, week and a half ago or so now, I mean, just a little while ago, I actually even saw him acknowledging that, saying that it was because uh, of his injury issues, he was getting a, a little bit beat down, you know, body-wise. I don't know if you've seen him. He's back. He's in great shape. He's in great shape. So he was getting beat up from from body-wise. He's addressed that. He's taken care of that. And he's even said physically he's able to finish off, I believe is the way he was uh, describing. He's able to finish off those pitches that on, on the inside corner to righties. There's, there's nothing that's going to be a bigger deal. There's nothing that's going to be a bigger indicator to us. Is Jin Ryu back than that inside corner? That's what we need to watch tonight, that inside corner to righties. And again, part two of what we need to watch is he's going to give up home runs. Will they be solo home runs or are they going to be crooked numbers that land the Blue Jays in a lot of trouble? Going to be opposed tonight by righty Kyle Bradish six and six record 3.29 ERA been decent on the road, but he's been great at home. So I, I mean speaking of great at home, he actually pitched at home. He pitched in Baltimore against the Blue Jays back on June 11th, Seven inning gem. It was the only game this season that, that, that the Blue Jays had had beaten Baltimore coming into this series and that was he, he pitched Bradish pitched seven innings, gave up just one run on four hits, no walks. But he gave up a 6 inning home run to Whit Merrifield, and that was the only run he gave up. But he still got tagged for the loss that game. Ooh, ooh, tough luck on that one. Tough luck on that one. The Baltimore Orioles are six and five in Bradish's road starts, and the Orioles, my goodness, man, we were mentioning yesterday the or- Baltimore Orioles have been sensational on the road. Sensational on the road. I'm, ex- I'm blown away actually by what they've been able to do away from home. Bo and Vladdy, they are each. Five for 15 versus Braddish in their career. Vladdy is homered. Bo has homered twice. I hope that the Bo part of that means something, but don't we have to acknowledge it probably doesn't? That injury yes, I'm trying not to really dwell too much. As we tape this right now, we don't know the full extent of that Bo injury, but if we're having an open, honest conversation, did not look it. And I don't want to bring the mood of this podcast or my own mood down, so we won't, we won't until we know, you know, for sure about Bo. But yes, yeah, certainly, certainly very concerned there. Now, how about a batter that needs to get, Going. I mean, we can have a whole segment here on how George Springer is struggling lately. I personally, I know he's not having a record setting slump right now because somebody would have mentioned it. But for me personally, I'll say I'll, I've never seen a slump like the one George Springer is in right now. Well, Bradish. Braddish offers the cure for what ails George Springer. Springer's 7 for 14 with 4 doubles and a home run against Braddish. I'm going to say it again because it's been a while since you've heard good news, since you've heard something positive about George Springer, since you've heard cause for optimism about George Springer. So in his career versus Kyle Braddish, George Springer in 14 at-bats has got a hit half of those times, 7, 7 for 14, and 4 of those 7 hits were doubles and 1 was a home run. George Springer is going to get back on track tonight. And well, you know what? Yeah, I was going to say I should, you know, I was going to temper that and say at least this is a pitcher that can get him back on track. But let's have some guts here on the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, right? Let's just say George Springer is getting back on track tonight. Ryu has only ever pitched four innings uh, in his career to Alejandro Kirk. But Kirk is hot. Plus, he's five for ten in his career versus Bradish. So yes, we certainly, I certainly assume we're gonna see Danny Jansen behind the plate tonight. That's where he was guy. But I'm looking to see Alejandro Kirk in this lineup. Might mean no belt, but I'm looking I'm looking for Alejandro Kirk in this lineup tonight. Bradish, he features a slider this season. Now, it's been an absolute fire for him. He's got 49 strikeouts on his slider alone. That if if you're reading slider and you're the Toronto Blue Jays tonight and there's less than two strikes, I mean, if there's two strikes, you have to protect. I get it. But if there's less than two strikes and you're reading slider, Full breaks, layoff. He, it's not about something, it's not a slider that's about to hang there and, and and you know be dealt with. That's not what Bradish's slider's been doing this year. It's It's been way on point. His curveball has also been an effective pitch. He's getting strikeouts with the curve as well. So you want to, I mean, if you're reading spin tonight and it's less than two strikes, you do want to be avoiding these pitches. Righties will see a lot of hard sinkers from Bradish. Lefties will see a lot of change-ups. Now, both of those pitches have been hit very well. Those are the pitches you want to look for tonight, and in particular, the key for the lefties and the righties tonight, Bradish's fastball. That's, ab- that's his main pitch, but that is absolutely the one you want to pick out and be, be ready to do damage against tonight. Coming up on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, we take our final look at what the Blue Jays could do as the trade deadline is today. Now, first, I wanted to mention I'm going to the Blue Jays game tonight. I've got my ticket to, as per usual, use the Game Time app for that. Hyunjin Ryu's return. I wanted to be there. I'm intrigued. I wanted to see this. And, of course, yes, everydayers will know if I'm going to the Blue Jay game, how did I get my ticket? I use the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events, I mean, shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. My own personal experience. I've used it, and you know, this is the fifth game I've been to this season. Use the Game Time app every single time. Got the Jansen and, and Romano bobblehead uh, by thanks to the Game Time app as well. Why I use it and what I appreciate is you get an image of the seat view. So I like that. And you buy the tickets in a matter of seconds. I mean, it's two taps and you're all set. It is that easy. The tickets are sent directly to your phone. You just show the phone to the ticket taker at the venue and then enjoy your game, enjoy your show, whatever you used it for. It is that simple for me. That's important. I'm not good at these things. So that's important. I also appreciate the game time guarantee. Now the game time guarantee means if you find tickets in the same section and same row for less, GameTime time will credit you 110% of the difference. I mean, it's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnMLB. That's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Now again, create an account and redeem the code LockedOnMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Now, today is the trade deadline, and we've had a lot of fun these past few days talking Toronto Blue Jay trade deadline topics. And for the final time, let's get into some hopes I still have remaining and some things that could be still on the table for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, again, at the time of taping this, it seems like Tim Anderson just became extremely likely, if he wasn't already, to become a Toronto Blue Jay. Devastating, at, at least devastating-looking injury to Boba shit, Right, we'll hold out, hope that it could be okay. Uh, I'm I'm extremely nervous that he's out for this season. I wonder about next season. Anyway, I'm going off. Anyway, I'm getting too upset. I don't know. We, you know, right here, right now, as I tape this, I don't know the particulars. So, but Tim Anderson was looking like he's somebody that uh, could have been on the Toronto Blue Jay radar. Anyway, he's got to be somebody that's on the Toronto Blue Jay radar now. Oh boy. Now uh, everydayers know that I would have, I was already, uh, I was already in for a Tim Anderson edition, not like this, not to replace Bo, but anyway, I was already excited about Tim Anderson myself. This guy, I mean, this is a veteran and Tim Anderson's the sort of player that plays his best when he's engaged, motivated and inspired. And, and I think he would be those things with this fan base w- with this team. I think he would be those things hit 300 in July, always hits well in August, always hits well in September. Need to mention those things because you're gonna see his numbers on the surface and be very underwhelmed because he's not having a good season. and I every day as know we spoke yesterday about how this season Tim Anderson could be like last season's Wit Merrifield. Now again, always hits well in August and September. And what something I love as well, Tim Anderson, seven career playoff games. In five of those playoff games, he's had three hits. I mean, when when the lights are brightest, pennant race, playoffs, when when it's go time. For big time production, Tim Anderson comes through. Tim Anderson comes through. I'm I, I like Tim Anderson. Again, I'm going to say if you're getting an energized, um, uh, an engaged Tim Anderson, then you're absolutely getting an asset. Ta, they call him Ta. It's going to be an asset for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it looks like looks like he he could be coming. You know, very likely. I know a lot of Toronto Blue Jay fans. You see what Seattle's doing there. A lot of Toronto Blue Jay fans want Teoscar Hernandez because the Blue Jays could use a, a, an outfielder that can mash lefties. Right. I mean. And, and Tao, listen, Tao's hitting 296 this season. He's got an 883 OPS versus lefties this season. He's an impending free agent, so the price won't be huge. And he's got an 827 OPS or or had an 827 OPS at Rogers last season and in there had 15 home runs at Rogers last season. Had a home run at Rogers this. I mean we don't need to deep dive Teo. He's well known in this fan base. I personally, I'm mean, not that I'm going to be upset or disappointed or anything negative if Teoscar Hernandez is is one of the additions uh, later uh, today for the Blue Jays on uh, trade deadline day. I'm not going to be, you know nothing negative about it. I just, I I don't know that I'm going to be super excited about it either. Well, we'll have to see it it, it play out. Once I see him back chumming around with the team again, you know, I'll probably get more and more excited. And once I see him get that first big, big hit at the Rogers center and the crowd going nuts, I mean, sure. Sure. Yes. But I, I, I Personally, I mean, it's, it's Lane Thomas, that, that Lane Thomas, the, this is part of my issue here is, is Lane Thomas is, is the number one outfielder I want. He's still my, my dream, you know, one of my dream additions for the Blue Jays that I think they can hopefully afford. But before we move off of that there, and the, you know, I just want to talk real quick here. Cause here's somebody we haven't talked about here. I did want to bring him up here before we, before I lose all my time here, I did want to bring him up. I can't come off of Jake Berger. I keep coming back to Jake Berger, Chicago White Sox. I mean, could that Tim Anderson trade get expanded and you include Jake Berger? Uh, Jake Berger, I mean, he doesn't hit for a high average. It's just his third season, but he is having a breakout season. The average could get better going forward. He's had 25 home runs this season. You need someone to hit lefties. He's got a 939 OPS versus lefties. So he would DH, Berger would DH against the lefties. He would get the occasional game at second base. So Merrifield would remain the fourth outfielder, but the power on your team just really, really improved. He's still got two seasons of pre arbitration, so super affordable and, and cost pretty pretty cost controllable for the next couple of years as well. I tell you, Jake Berger, every day as well. No, oh, that was no. He hasn't no, I've never brought up. I I just I keep coming back to him. I keep coming back to him. He it would be a shot in the arm for the power, the lack of power on this team. And you don't want Jake Berger if you want an actual out, another outfielder to come in because you, you, you probably don't want Whit Merrifield. You probably want Whit Merrifield at second base full-time. But the other outfielder, again, that, that I'm really – and everyday as we know, I've talked about Lane Thomas out there in Washington. 27 years old, turns 28 in a couple weeks, originally drafted by the Blue Jays. Now, again, out there in Washington having a career season. Bowen Vlad lead the Blue Jays with 17 home runs. Thomas has 16. He's got a 3.0 war. And you need an outfielder that's going to hit lefties. Lane Thomas, 362 with a 407 on base against lefties. Is that good? How about a 1,046 OPS versus lefties? Lane Thomas smashes lefties. Contractually, he's under control until the year 2026. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas. I am... It would be a bit of a price. It, it, Lane Thomas is, is on the highest end of players that I think the Blue Jays could afford. You know what? I love a Lewis Robert Jr. Or somebody like that. Now you really get crazy with that Chicago White Sox trade. Sure. But now you're going to have to involve a Ricky Tiedemann and, and, and you know things for me anyway, get a little dicey at that point. I would have thought a Sam, uh, Sam Robersay would have been involved in a trade uh, for, for Lane Thomas, but you know, he's gone now. Could Washington be interested in some bullpen arms like a uh, Yosfer Azuleta and Nate Pearson, uh, could davis schneider uh, or an addison barger be involved the uh, i think the blue jays could get lane thomas haven't heard that he's available but th- this is i mean this is the last time we can talk trade deadline before the actual trade deadline comes and goes so i just wanted to mention that that remains my top dream for the blue jays i think he's the the mo- top dream's hard to say right like i'd rather they get a soda or something right but the, you know uh, of someone who i think could be affordable I think Lane Thomas is probably at the highest, highest end of what the Blue Jays could afford. But I think he's coming into his own. I'd be really excited about Lane Thomas. 362 with a thousand forty-six OPS against lefties. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. On the big league level, I think we're going to see some big leaguers traded for the Toronto Blue Jays. It doesn't mean they're sellers, but to 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 facilitate some trades and some things happening. I think I mean, I think at least one of Nate Pearson or Jimmy Garcia is traded. Now, I know that might be a surprise, especially the the Garcia part. Now, Garcia's contract vested the other day. He would have been an impending free agent, but he had a contract. He had a clause in his contract that if he made 110 appearances between this season and last season, then his contract for next season, instead of being a free agent, it becomes fully guaranteed at $6 million. Well, the other day, I think it was on Sunday, he made that. He got to that threshold, 110. So he is on the books for whoever he's pitching for next season for $6 million. But hear me out on this here now. First of all, every day as we know, what have we been talking about with the Blue Jay trade deadline? Not a whole lot of assets to choose from, to deal from, right? So what in the in the minor league level, and they just traded a couple, by the way, so even less now. Look at this bullpen depth without Garcia or Nate Pearson. Jordan Romano, Jordan Hicks, Eric Swanson, Trevor Richards, and Chad Green. There's your five guys for the back of the bullpen. Hopefully at some point, Jay Jackson is going to be able to be back. There's the sixth guy. You've left, you're on from the left side. You've got Tim Mesa and Yenesis Cabrera. So even if Jay Jackson can't come back, can't make it back, that's still seven very legitimate arms for the back of that bullpen. Jay Jackson makes it an eighth. At some point, isn't it possible we see either Alec Manoa or Yusei Kikuchi join that bullpen as well? So I just think the depth with Chad Green coming back and coming in and Jordan Hicks coming in, I think the depth that has been created for this bullpen is massive. I could see Jim, uh, uh, Jimmy Garcia. Or and or Nate Pearson as major leaguers dealt at this later on today, and to reiterate what we've mentioned a few times this week. I mean, speaking of guys on the MLB roster, right? There cannot be any way, please, please, there cannot be any way <laughs> that once the smoke clears from this trade deadline, that Kevin Biggio and Santiago Espinal are both Toronto Blue Jays, right? Even with the sorry, even with the Bo Bo potentially really bad news, I'd, I'd rather see Addison Barger come up. I'd rather see a Rovis Martinez come up, to be honest, a barger first, but at Davis Schneider, there, there's so many things I'd rather see than Santiago Espinal replacing Bo Bichette and at least one, right? Right. At least one of Bijou or Espinal cannot possibly remain Toronto Blue Jays through this trade deadline. What are you hoping to see the Blue Jays go after today or what from a position standpoint or who do you have a specific player you're hoping the Blue Jays will target today? Drop your comments. I absolutely want to hear from you. And now on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, third and final segment, let's get into some trivia Tuesday. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Toronto Blue Jays have gotten together a few times over the past little while, right, to make some trades. So some of these questions will be about Blue Jays and Cardinals trades from the past. And the other questions with the Baltimore Orioles in town will have the Blue Jays and Orioles twist to it. First question, last week's trivia was about, Oh, sorry, and I should mention as well, I'll ask the questions, then we'll come back for the answers. Sorry, I should mention that as well. Last week's trivia was all about new Hall of Fame inductees Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland since they both spent time with the Toronto Blue Jays. Well, what third baseman did the Blue Jays trade to the Cardinals in 2007 to acquire Scott Rowland? January 19th, 2018, Blue Jays traded Connor Green and Dominic Leone to the St. Louis Cardinals for what handsome, there's your clue there, what handsome outfielder, 2018? Question number three, in 2011, the Blue Jays trade deadline, they traded Octavio Dotel, Corey Patterson, Edwin Jackson, and Mark Zbczynski, four players out, four players in. Those four went to St. Louis, incoming Trevor Miller, Brian Tallett, P.J. Walters, and what long-haired center fielder who would actually go on to be the Blue Jays center fielder for a few seasons, and that's that's in 2011. Now, speaking, we were talking earlier about Sam uh, Well, and speaking of the Baltimore Orioles, well, Robresay, along with another Dutch pitcher and Cuban international player, Josfer Zulueta, were signed by the Blue Jays thanks to bonus international signing money that they had as a result of a trade they made with the Baltimore Orioles. I think this is the hardest trivia question we've had all year. If you can get this, I'm extremely impressed. I will give some clues here. What left-handed hitting outfielder did the Blue Jays trade to the Orioles to be able to get that bonus money? This player was a 2011 first-round draft pick. I believe he was a supplementary pick, end of the first round. He's a junior. He had a four-year career at, at the MLB level, 2017 and 2018, the Toronto Blue Jays, 2019 and 2020, the Baltimore Orioles. Who was that player? Pretty much the reason the Blue Jays have Jordan Hicks right now is because of how good Sam Robesay was. Well, the Blue Jays got have Robesay annuals for Zulueta because of this trade. Who was that outfielder? Question number five, Baltimore Orioles in town. Who did the Blue Jays then GM Gordash and then manager Buck Martinez try to sneak through waivers in 2001, as they wanted this struggling veteran to go down to AAA to work on some things offensively, only to have the Baltimore Orioles, who were in town at the time, just like now, they were in time, they are in town, so they saw it in the paper. I mean, they they read the play, they saw what the Blue Jays were trying to do. They would thwart the Blue Jays' plans by claiming this player off of waivers. And your hint here is the Orioles claimed this player in particular because they wanted him to be the replacement for the retiring Cal Ripken Jr. at third base. Remember, Ripken had moved over to third at this point at the end of his career. And at one time, this player that we're talking about held the Toronto Blue Jay franchise record for most home runs by a shortstop and held the Toronto Blue Jay franchise record for most home runs by a third baseman. Held held both these records at the same time. Pretty amazing. And then last question. Now, speaking of replacing Kyle Ripken Jr. at third base, well, what longtime Oriole replaced Kyle Ripken Jr. at shortstop and ended up finishing his career as a Toronto Blue Jay one and only season with the Toronto Blue Jays in 2003? Now give this a quick pause if you want to think one or two of your answers over. Then now we're back. Okay. So again, so the first question was, the we, we talked last week about Scott Rowland and Fred McGriff. Well, how did the Blue Jays get Scott Rowland? In, in 2007, who did they trade to St. Louis to acquire Scott Rowland? Well, that was a slugger that led the Blue Jays the previous season in home runs with 38. I could have given that as a clue, actually, if you didn't know. It was Troy Gloss, the big fella. You remember Troy Gloss? He's a mountain of a man, the big fella. In 2018, the Blue Jays traded a couple pitchers to St. Louis for what handsome outfielder? Randall Gretzic, Randall Gretchich, Yes, indeed, Randall Gretchich. In 2011, Blue Jays trade uh, four players to get four players back. Who was the fourth player? That fourth player we were looking for was the long-haired center fielder who would be the Blue Jays center fielder for the next few seasons. No surprise that I noticed his long hair, right? Yes, of course. But that was, you may remember, I, I'm hoping you did, Kobe Rasmus. Did you get that one? Kobe Rasmus. And then we said, you know, speaking of Sam, uh, of Sam Robertsay. And speaking of the Baltimore Orioles, that's how the Blue Jays had Robert say to be able to acquire Jordan Hicks. That's how the Blue Jays have Yosfer Zulueta, who I have big hopes for. I mean, we we could see him traded, to be honest, but I, I, I'm i excited about Yosfer Zulueta's future on the big league level. The first time we had Jay Jackson on the Lockdown Blue Jay podcast, he talked about Yosfer Zulueta and his stuff. So these guys were Blue Jays in the case of Sam, are Blue Jays in the case of Yosfer, because the Blue Jays made a trade to acquire extra bonus money that year. What left-handed hitter did they trade? Remember, I gave you the clues that he was a former first-rounder and he was a junior. 2018 and 19 with the Blue Jays, 19, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, 17 and 18, Blue Jays, 19, 20, Orioles, Dwight Smith Jr. Do you remember Dwight Smith Jr.? That That was one of the tougher ones. We talked about when the Orioles were in town. Who's that player they tried to sneak through in Baltimore Orioles? Read the play and ruined those plans big time. And just like that, the Blue Jays franchise leader for most home runs in a season by a shortstop and the Blue Jays franchise leader for most home runs in a third baseman was now Baltimore Oriole, Tony Batista. Tony Batista. Yes, the man with the batting stance. Yes, that Tony Batista. Now, speaking of replacing Cal Ripken Jr. at third base, what longtime Oriole that replaced Ripken at shortstop? finished his career as a Blue Jay in 2003. One season, the veteran, do you remember, Mike Bordick. Another Trivia Tuesday in the books. I hope you enjoyed that. Hope you had fun with that. That's a wrap for another Tuesday episode of the Locked on Blue Jay podcast. Reminder that tonight's Blue Jays Orioles tilt is of course available for you to take in on SiriusXM. Go Jays, go. And we'll talk tomorrow.